Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Hey there, supple folks. It's Ethan here. Just Ethan. Um, Griffin uh, is still in the hospital, of course, recovering from his his thorough injury received from our encounter with Dr. Intro, Dr. Podcast Intro, uh, in our last episode. Uh, if you, if you didn't, if you missed that, he was shot like a hundred times. Um, so he's, he's resting up, he's sleeping it off. Uh, and it's just me here in the supple studio. Um, and you know, being just me, Griffin not being here, I thought that you guys and I could just have our own little hang sesh. You know, we never get to do this. Griffin's always in the way. Um, so I'd like to just catch up, just me and you. Um, genuinely, I'm curled up in a blanket right now, just to set the mood. Uh, I've got purple lights on in the room. So it's a real chill, supple hangout session right now. Uh, and, uh... I wanted to, we have an episode coming out this Saturday uh, with our good friend Kenny Porter uh, that is previously recorded from uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, and as, as the supple folks will know, uh, every episode I like to do an edition of Ethan's Comics Corner with a Q, uh, where I talk about the comics that came out that week, and uh, you know give lots of recommendations, let people know what comics I have been loving. Uh, but as our last couple episodes have been previously recorded, you know, time has been a little off. Uh, so my recommendations are going to be a little bit off, uh, and not quite up to date. So I wanted to drop in here with a chill little hangout where I can tell you about some comics that I am loving, that I'm having a great time with. I can gush a little bit about some of my favorite comics, and, uh, hopefully you guys can find some new stuff to read. Um, cause that's most of what I've been doing, uh, during these crazy times. I've just been, just been eating shitloads of comics. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about some comics. Um, so I don't know, I, <laughs> I'm gonna be quite frank, I don't fucking know what I said last in the episode that's coming out this Saturday. Um, but what I'll start with, uh, is that I am loving... Uh, in Justice Year Zero, uh, Tom Taylor, uh, is all over the map with his DC digital verse. Um, he's, I've, I've of course been singing the praises of Deceased, uh, Hope at World's End, which has been just consistently incredible, and I'll talk about that here in a second, but, uh, yeah, Tom Taylor dropped the first three chapters of Injustice Year, Injustice Year Zero, onto Comixology, and uh, just fucking stealth dropped them, and they're really good and really cool. Um, it's fun to see Tom Taylor, because Tom Taylor's always writing like a, like a dark offshoot of the DC universe, uh, whether it's because there's zombies or because there's a, 
uh, fascist Superman. Um, and you can tell that with this year zero, he's having fun, uh, writing these characters at their peak. He's getting to write Superman as the nice guy that he is, and, um, he's getting to stretch out a bit, so it's, it's fun. I'm enjoying that. I, uh, I, I don't know if I've gushed enough yet about Charles Soule's Star Wars. Griffin and I love Charles Soule. We've had the privilege to speak with him a little bit. We've had, gotten to do a couple of shows with him, and, uh, we are so, like, excited about all of his additions to Star Wars, as we are big Star Wars fans. We did a fucking two-hour episode about Star Wars. Um, and, uh, Charles is, is bringing so much to the universe with, you know, being involved in the High Republic. Uh, his Light of the Jedi novel coming out in January, but he is writing the main Star Wars comics series, uh, which I just caught up on. Uh, and it is so fucking good. It is so fucking good, and I'm so excited at the prospect of what he's doing with Luke in it to take, because the, the, his run is set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, so he's getting to kind of chart that path of how Luke Skywalker turns into the Luke Skywalker that uh, we see in Return of the Jedi, how he goes from being devastated at the reveal of Vader being his father and losing his hand to the badass Jedi that comes into Jabba's palace at the start of 6. So, uh, I was very curious how he would handle that, and uh, he's not disappointing, let me tell you. Uh, I'm very excited for what's, for what is to come in that series. Um, let's see. So, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about DC's Tope at World's End really quick. It's just good. There's not a lot to say. Uh, however, I think maybe my favorite chapter of it yet was released this this week, chapter eight. Uh, it's just a very wholesome chapter involving uh, Ace the Bat Hound and Crypto the Superdog. Um, and honestly, if you haven't been sold on this series, you can just go check just this chapter out, DC Hope at World's End, chapter eight. And it'll make you want to read the whole thing. Uh, I won't. I won't get too deep into it. I'll just let you check, because uh, Ace the Bat Hound, Crypto the Superdog, and Detective Chimp being in the same comic uh, should be enough to sell you. I think it was enough to sell me. Um, Billionaire Island is great. I love Mark Russell, and uh, I think it's coming to a close, maybe. The most recent issue was really good. Uh, Mr. Donny Cates put out Venom number 27 with, as uh, Juan Gideon? Yeah, Juan Gideon did the art. Uh, it's Venom Beyond Part 2. It's fucking bananas. Uh, I truly, even despite my bias towards Mr. Donny Cates and Mr. Ryan Stegman. Uh, Venom is probably my favorite book coming out at Marvel right now, if it's not Thor. I mean, Thor was fucking crazy this last week. Did you guys read it? Thor number six? We got, um, Thor number six, Herald of None, uh, which came with the craziest reveal in it so far, uh, which I won't spoil. Uh, Donnie talks about it on the new episode of Devil's Advocates Book Club. But it is a, it's an earth-shattering reveal at the end of that issue that's going to lead to some really crazy shit. Uh, you can really tell. Um, let's see, what else do we got? The Amazing Spider-Man, number 46. You know I'm a Spidey fan, of course. Uh, 
Sins Rising has been going on for a while now. Uh, I'm like I, I I've gone back and forth on it. I I'm I'm into it. The art's been pretty pretty great. We've had Mark Bagley on the book. Um, it's just a very uh, strange story leading up to Spider-Man's final encounter with Kindred, presumably in like issue fifty. Um, Sin Eater is back, uh, and he's like this supernatural force, um, and it's it's it is uh, it's very different. And I'm I don't know where it's going, but I'm certainly glued to it, trying to find out. So, um, yeah, interested, very 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 interested. Um, Batman number ninety seven. Let me tell you, when this Joker War started, uh, I uh, I wasn't super interested. Quite frankly, I'm a little bit burned out on the Joker, um, and also just stories that are like Batman stories that have like war in them. There was even one in Tom King's run, The War of Jokes and Riddles, and now we're in the Joker War. I don't know. I was just like, okay, we're doing it again. Let's do it. But um, what James Tinian the Fourth is doing, or James Tinian, I don't know. I apologize, James. Um, is actually really fun and interesting, uh, especially when he's paired with really great artists. Uh, I believe it was Jorge Jimenez on this, is that right? Uh, let's see. Yeah, Jorge Jimenez uh, drew this part three of the Joker War. And it is so great looking, and it's, and it's been doing some really fun stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been kind of, I've been, I've been, I've been into it. Um, so Batman, I mean, comics are, I'll, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negativity in the comics talk world. Um, and, uh, I'm a firm believer that the modern era of comics is the best that comics has ever been. I think that more than ever before, we have just so much diverse talent, uh, doing different and creative and exciting things. And these last few weeks have been no exception. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. I was very, very excited by uh, Ice Cream Man issue 20. Um, if you've listened to shows that I do, you'll know that I'm a huge fan of Ice Cream Man. Once again, we did an episode of Devil's Advocates Book Club with Donnie Cates and Megan Hutchison about it. It's a great uh, kind of surrealist horror book uh, that goes with different themes for each issue and this most recent issue was kind of based around children's bedtime stories in particular dr seuss books uh there's a great cover to it that's stylized as like the cat in the hat but it's ice cream man and it's a it's a pretty horrifying issue uh but so good and so inspiring creatively uh i just think i just think what they're doing over there is amazing uh and hey, you know, I've told them so, and the artist Martin Morazzo tweeted back at me, and I was like, a little starstruck. Uh, it's an incredible book, and uh, I'm so excited for every issue of it. Um, before I get into this week's releases, I wanted to say, I have uh, gotten so massively deeply into Star Trek lately. I, I've always loved Star Trek, but... Um, I, I just fell deep into a Star Trek hole in this last week. I've just been tearing through the next generation and stuff, and I decided to go check out the Star Trek comics, and uh, 
Mr. Donny Cates, uh, some of his only work that I hadn't read were his two Star Trek stories that he did. Uh, both of them Next Generation centric. Uh, he wrote Star Trek Waypoint Number 1 and uh, Star Trek Deviations, both over at IDW. Um, and they are both so good. Like, it's crazy. Uh, genuinely, like, Star Trek Waypoint Number 1 is, like, one of my favorite Star Trek stories I've ever seen. Um, and uh, Deviations is such a cool, strange take on the characters and uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful letter to the reader in the back of that one, uh, that kind of, kind of got me tearing up a little bit just because of how relevant it is. It was written a few years back, but just how relevant it is to just what we're all dealing with as Americans right now. Uh, and I, uh, really appreciated it. And so if you can track those two down, those, those are both on Comixology. And they're wonderful, wonderful stories, wonderful issues. Uh, and uh, that son of a bitch, Donny Cates, you know, he said he'd never even seen Star Trek before he wrote some Star Trek comics. So, you know, he comes in and nails it, of course. Uh, what a guy. Uh, got me a little deeper into Star Trek comics, though. I've just been checking a lot of them out. I read um, Star Trek Green Lantern, uh, The Spectrum War. Uh, and, uh, I know that IDW is over here doing all these crazy crossovers of all their IP that they own, uh, and I love it. I love, uh, that they've got, like, Back to the Future and all that shit running. They get, like, I, there was one a couple weeks back, Transformers versus Terminator or whatever. Haven't read it yet, but that's sick. I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, but Star Trek Green Lantern was so much fun. Uh, I wasn't expecting that it is the Kelvin timeline Star Trek. It's J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, uh, crossing over with, you know, my impression is, like, kind of the Jeff Johns Green Lantern universe. Um, this series is written by Mike Johnson, who I believe was the long-running writer on the Kelvin timeline Star Trek series, so I'm definitely gonna check that out. Uh, the Arts by Angel Hernandez. Uh, I hope it's Angel, not, like, on hell. I'm not sure. I apologize. Um, but, fuck, great art. Like, this book looks amazing. Uh, it does a really great job of, uh, getting the likenesses of the Star Trek actors so that you can kind of keep in your head that it's the Kelvin timeline, um, and without it looking you know, to photo reference here or anything. That's such a delicate balance to strike, I, I always find. Um, and on top of that, the action all just looks incredible, and it's it's really fun the way that Green Lan the Green Lantern characters come in and bounce off of all these. Because you would think it would just be Green Lantern himself coming through and interacting with the Enterprise crew and everything, but uh, it's, you know, the whole spectrum of all the different rings and everything coming in and they all find their hosts like you got a Romulan getting a yellow ring I believe and all that shit so it's it's uh it's all over the place and it's wild and the colors are really great too I wanted to shout out the colors by Alejandro Sanchez uh wonderful book a uh, lot a lot a lot of fun just a really cool like just kind of the ultimate like um blockbuster movie of a comic book uh just felt like a ride it was a lot of fun um 
I'm also very interested in the currently running Star Trek Year 5, where we've jumped into... Because I know they did Year 4, which I haven't read yet, but I did read the first issue of Star Trek Year 5, where it's IDW kind of filling in those two years of the five-year mission of the original series crew. Um, and uh, we're, so we're going to kind of see how their original mission came to a close. Uh, and that one is written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, and the artist is Stephen Thompson, colorist Ch Charlie Kurt Kirchhoff. Um, that stuff is really cool. I'm very interested to get into the rest of that, um, particularly once I get back to my rewatch of the original series, because I'm stuck in Next Generation right now. So those are kind of the comics I'm gravitating towards more. Um, but I love that we're going back and adding to the original series. I think that that's really cool. Griffin and I have been talking a lot about IDW and their continuing of established properties lately. And the properties that we would want to work on. And it's an exciting prospect. I think it's really cool. And uh, I don't hear enough people getting excited about these books. Because for, especially for Star Trek, there's a lot of really cool shit being put out over there. And I applaud them. Um, this week, I already talked about Deceased. Um, obligatory shout out for all of Bendis's DC books that I'm loving. Superman's Action Comics was really fun. Uh, 1024. Uh, his Legion of Superheroes number 8 was pretty wild. He got a shit ton of different artists on there for this trial of the Legion of Superheroes story. Uh, and it looks incredible and it's a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of tryouts of different Legion characters, which is really fun. Um... The biggest release of this week, uh, in my opinion, was we finally got uh, the first part of Batman Three Jokers uh, under the DC Black Label imprint. Uh, this one is, of course, written by Jeff Johns with art by uh, Jason Fabok. Uh, and uh, this has been coming forever. This was teased at the start of DC Rebirth. Uh, we got like a lot of little teasers at the start of DC Rebirth of stories to come. Uh, a lot of them being Jeff Johns handled stories. So, you know, Batman finding the comedian's button when we were finding out that the Watchmen would be getting involved in the DC universe. Um, and we got teased that Batman found out that there are three Jokers running around. Uh, <laughs> which is just a wild reveal and such a strange reveal and then we just kind of sat on it for years it's been a couple years right um, and now we're finally getting the story of what exactly the hell that means um, and listen I mean I wasn't the idea immediately is kind of a turn off it's like okay Joker's not one guy it's multiple guys and like mild spoilers for it you, like we see that there are indeed at least three jokers uh one of which being the golden age joker one of which being maybe like the 70s joker that killed uh jason todd and all and did like the smiling fish and all that shit and then the killing joke joker um but I really liked this. I thought it was great, particularly the art. Jason Fabok is wonderful and super under uh, underrated. It's a beautiful book. It just is so like epitomal Batman art. It looks fantastic. 
Um, and the story's very, very intriguing and well-written. Jeff Johns is obviously a really good writer. Um, and no matter what your impression is of the concept of the story, uh, man, it's, it's interesting to watch play out. I don't know. Like you see a scene of these three jokers interacting and it's just so bizarre. And I'm, I'm, I'm certainly excited to see what the payoff of this is. Why are these, there's so many of these guys and what's the point of it and what does it mean going forward? Cause it is like pseudo canon is what I'm hearing. Um, apparently Jason Fabok himself has said, we'll leave it up to the readers to decide if it's canon, uh, which kind of seems like that was the case with Doomsday Clock as well. So I don't know. I don't know, but it's fun. Uh, and I enjoyed it a lot. I, I say fun. It's a pretty grim book. <laughs> um, but very interesting stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, that's most of it for this week as far as what I've read, uh, I'm recording this and releasing this on a Tuesday, so I have not yet read Marvel's releases, they come out tomorrow, uh, but I can tell you what I'm interested in for tomorrow, we are getting another part of, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Sins Rising, which as I was saying is just really strange and I just have my eyes glued to it because I don't know what's going on. Uh, that'll be fun. We're getting, uh, X-Men number 11. If y'all aren't reading Jonathan Hickman's X-Men, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Um, House of X and Powers of X were two of the craziest, most ambitious, and best comics I've ever read. Um, and his X-Men continues to innovate and to be the biggest thing I've ever seen and just absolutely thoroughly fascinating. Uh, and speaking of fascinating, <laughs> Chip Zdarsky, legendary enemy of everyone, uh, is putting out Daredevil Annual Number 1 tomorrow, uh, which features Daredevil on the cover in like a boxing robe with the hood up, uh, and his, his fists are up, and the cover says, One More Day, with the D being a double D like Daredevil, uh, and the synopsis just says, One More Day. Uh, so my question is, <laughs> of course, as a Spider-Man fan, that's meant to peak my, that's meant to make my ears perk up, right? One more day? Uh, the cover doesn't show any hints of, you know, that being the intention, but come on. Marvel knows what those three words evoke in the fans, correct? Uh, so... Chip's run on Daredevil is awesome, and so very curious to see what that means, and always excited to get a new installment. I also quickly today burned through, um, just as a side note, the graphic novel Batman Earth 1 Volume 2. Um, I like the Earth 1 graphic novels a lot, generally. I'm not a huge fan of the Superman ones. Uh, Wonder Woman by Grant Morrison is really good. Uh... I particularly really love Green Lantern Earth 1, uh, and the second volume of that just came out a couple weeks ago as well, which I read and thought was really cool. Um, the art is wonderful. Uh, and so if you haven't read the two volumes of Green Lantern Earth 1 volume, uh, volume 1 and 2, go fucking check that out, especially, like, especially if you are not super knowledgeable on Green Lantern because they're, it's essentially like Ultimate Green Lantern. Uh, it's from scratch and it's kind of a new spin on it. 
and kind of a grounded spin on it. It's very cool, very interesting. And Batman Earth 1 Volume 2 uh, is a bit older, uh, written again by Jeff Johns with art by the great Gary Frank. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's worth it's worth the price of admission alone for Gary Frank's art. Uh, and Jeff Johns knows how to tell a Batman story. Uh, good stuff there. Good stuff all around. Um, yeah, I mean, that br- that's pretty much it. I do want to just especially say for anybody who's not reading The Goddamned, The Virgin Brides by Jason Aaron. Um, I've mentioned it before, but fucking go read it. Holy shit. Um, if you have like a, like a weak stomach, maybe don't, um, if you are put off by, uh, blasphemy, (laughs) I mean, it is, uh, it is, uh, it is a bit of a riff on, uh, some biblical things, it is, uh, a bit of a dark spin on some of those things, uh, but it is a really great story and so well told because it's Jason Aaron, um, so great comics really great comics uh and um yeah i mean that pretty much brings me to the end of my bonus uh ethan's comics corner i hope you guys have had a good time hanging with me for half an hour uh griffin will be back with me uh this saturday to talk with our good friend kenny porter about about our, our process about how Kenny's doing he's he's fucking he's done broke in dude he's in the comics industry he's putting out he's putting out DC work he's I was just talking about Green Lantern he's got a, he's got Green Lantern shit coming out um he's killing it and so I'm excited for you guys to hear that conversation it's a lot of fun I do freak out because he is also a big fan of the manga that I have mentioned on this show that I love which is called Time Paradox Ghost Rider and I was so excited to have a buddy that actually read it because Griffin doesn't read comics, you know, and especially not manga. So it was nice to have a, uh, it was nice to have a, a buddy on the show with me that I could geek out with. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, you know, things are rough all over and, uh, I genuinely just wanted to do this today cause it's fun talking at you guys um so i hope you you got a little bit of joy out of it uh and uh everybody hang in there i will uh talk to you all again soon goodbye that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the amazing friends podcast network ethan parker smith i did griffin sheridan and did you know that for other great podcasts comics and more you can visit sheridan and smith.com huh no shit (laughs) 